Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Well, Happy New Year, everyone. We are back live after a two-week hiatus. I am Ron Kolick, your host. And with me all the way from the other side of the Atlantic Ocean is the gold standard in ghost hunting. No, the platinum standard. Mr. Steve Parsons. Oh, a happy new year. I've been upgraded. Yeah, upgraded. Yeah. So we're getting our first uh, major storm of the season on Friday, I guess. A yeah, we're batting storm. down. We've got some snow forecasts for tomorrow. I, do you get much snow up there? I mean, we're, no, we're, we're, we're well out to the west, so um, right in the coast, so we, we hardly ever do. Uh, okay. Oh, the, I, hills, I, I, the hills yep, a couple of miles away from us go, uh, you know, they're. they're uh, How much hot. do you get up there? Uh, if we get six inches, it's it's counted That's as. That's a lot. That's yeah. pretty good. This morning, I thought you guys got. But ordinarily, the height we're at, about 500 above sea level. What about like London and stuff? Oh, hardly ever. Huh. Interesting. I have uh, actually a couple of things I do want to we're get. We're protected the first... by the Gulf Stream. Oh, you're so lucky. I want to end the French. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And um, I want to yeah. give two things I have to get, and I'm going to forget. I want to wish Ann Winsper, your partner, a happy birthday today. It is. I've already wished her a happy birthday. She won't be listening because she's got COVID. Does she really? Yeah, she got it two days ago, so she's quarantined for her birthday. Which one? The Omnicron? Omnicron. Everybody's getting Omicron over here. Omnicron, yeah. And she she works in the the medical industry, Yeah, but she didn't get it there. It's just there's so many people with it now. Yeah. Probably dyed her hair and picked it up. They're they're saying they estimate now um, our chief health officers say that uh, they reckon by the end of January, the entire population of the UK will have been exposed to it. So how that looks for you coming over this year? Uh, Actually better. Uh, Because we're taking restrictions off traveling because they say that it's now so widespread, it's pointless doing anything. So all pre-testing and post-testing, PCR testing, Hmm. so don't bother. Interesting. Because if you've got it, quarantine for seven days. Because you drop that from 10 to 7. We have five now. Yeah, we're down at seven. Um, (laughs) But they said, you know, Basically, you're going to catch it. It's going to be a cold. You're vaccined up. Deal with it. Yeah. Which seems to be the first common, except in Wales, of course, where we're still partially locked down. Mm-hmm. But there we are. So uh, I was on uh, the computer today, a little pop-up ad came up and it said Christmas pudding on Amazon. I uh, was wondering, what the hell is Christmas pudding you can buy on Amazon? What is Christmas pudding, anyway? Just that Christmas one. pudding. Uh, it's uh, it's an old Victorian. Well, it goes back right the way back to the medieval period. Um, mm-hmm. And it was. Have you heard of figgy pudding? I've heard of it, but I don't know what it is. To be well, quite frank. Well, basically, 
Do, are you familiar with mince pies, mince meat pies? Yeah, we have yeah. mince pies here. Well, yeah. if you if you take a mince pie and sort of make it, you know, um, more puddingy, thicken it up, and then you boil it for about three weeks, and <laughs> then you can store it for for base. It, it's basically uh, dried fruit, raisins, sultanas, blah 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 blah. So it's like a fruitcake kind of thing. Kinda. Um, it's kind of like a heavy fruit cake, but slightly different. But essentially, it's the same thing. Ah, interesting. Um, yeah, and it's very traditional. We we have it here as part of our Christmas celebrations, and you always make it. You never eat that this year's Christmas pudding. You always make this year, next year's this year, because they the longer it sits around for a year, uh, longer. Um, you know, oh, you God can pay. Uh, you can pay good money to have a five-year-old Christmas pudding because they get better. Like twinkies. No, that, that because of the because of the uh, very high sugar and uh, the way it's cooked, that they're basically bulletproof. You know, um, yeah. I I had a, an eight-year-old one last year, and it was as oh, good as. Like and the weird thing is, the longer you leave them within reason, the better they taste. I think so, I got 30 year whiskey in the cabinet. Yeah, they're steeped in uh, alcohol as well. That's true. You steep them in brandy and then you set fire to them before you serve them. Oh, sweet. Okay, so there was a couple of other questions. I mean, so yeah. you mentioned that was a traditional thing. and, and Very you traditional know, here. We, in the you know, we, I watch a lot of British TV, of course, you know that. And uh, I wonder if these, do you still do the other traditionals, the paper hats and the poppers? The, oh, uh, yeah. Oh yeah, crackers and yeah, um, yeah the the crackers with the paper hats and the the bad joke, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, very traditional and so, not not dying out either. Still as popular so as ever. what is what is what is a cracker exactly? I know it's a thing a, you pull in a bus. A cracker is a is a paper tube with a bang in it. You know, it's mm-hmm. um uh, and a, and then inside is a gift. Normally a very small, cheap little gift, um, yep. a hat and a joke. Oh. Uh, see, I was watching, uh, what was I watching? I believe it was uh, Hercule Perot, and they had did the cracker thing. And, of course, there was a, a riddle in it for a, yeah. a murder. Uh, yeah. Do you have riddles, too? Uh, well, it depends on what type of crackers you buy. Some of them have jokes, some have poems, riddles. Oh, um, okay. I mean, the boys love them. You know, it's one of the highlights of Christmas dinner because you always if have you, to. If you, if you come over, you should get me like a half a dozen. Or, I don't know how expensive they are, but I, 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 that would be kind of fun. Just I'm amazed you don't sell them in America. I, you know what? They probably do somewhere. Amazon, Amazon must have them, I'm sure. I come to think of yeah. it. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, true, I'm, yeah. I'm a, I'll because check they're, they're fairly bulky. You know, they weigh yeah. nothing, but they take up a lot of space. Oh, that wasn't a word I'm not aware of because I always thought of it as like those little fingered traps no, they're and, a, chinese they're about, finger traps you know no, they're, they're about 12 inches long oh i apologize and about two inches diameter they're normally in a box of six or 12 so it's a fairly ah, large okay. box but it weighs All nothing. Right. fair enough i got that so uh you you don't have to bring uh, it and the, and the other thing as well is some of the gifts can be things like nail clippers or oh, yeah you don't want that going through extra no no <laughs> tsa got the top of their own yeah problems. Mo- mo- i mean you know you can get really cheap ones with plastic gifts in but yeah or you can get really expensive like the stuff you get from a reverend poppy there or whatever his name is. yeah or you can you know you can spend a thousand pound on a set and you know 
your guests will get you know, jewelry and watches and valuable gifts. Really? Yeah, you can spend, you know, average, we spend about five to ten pounds on a box of crackers. But you oh, can spend you, you can spend as much as you like. You can get them from a pound a box as well. So uh, they're not worth having. <laughs> so it's a new year, and yeah. I was doing some research on the uh, the internet, of course, and and uh, and yeah. I never realized that ghost hunting was such a multiple multiple million dollar industry. Jeez, and then some, and yeah, then some. Like, I've noticed in the last month all of the. In fact, I was only saying to Anne um, the other and Dylan the other day that I was surprised how many groups are now appearing, um, you know, with offering their spooky nights out experiences. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I've never seen so many. Maybe that's because for the last two years they've all been so quiet and I haven't noticed them. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's just there's more of them this time around. And, and you know, I, I, I don't deny people who haven't you know making a living uh but you know it, it it seems like if you farm a group the first thing you got to do is have a conference oh, or well, a yeah, spooky got, night or something yeah it's, it's, we got a group formed here in the uh out in the wilds in west wales uh mm-hmm. about a year ago no two years ago just as we went into lockdown and you would think that you know back in the day a group of like-minded individuals you went and you did some stuff together and you developed you know your skills and then you might have invited a few people to help share the costs but now what they do and this group was a classic example they're called uh science let beyond me take the grave. your money hunters science <laughs> no they're called science beyond the grave oh god science they have to throw science in there yeah um yeah. and this was a group of people. They they all work. Well, most of them work together. They uh, they've been on a couple of ghost hunts. Some of them together. In fact, the leader of the group came on their first ghost hunt with me on a. Um, it was a charity event that I was doing with Barry John. Yeah. yeah. And um, anyway, up they pop as a group. They they set up a Facebook page. They set up a web page. Of course. Um, they asked for likes and followers and then they announced their first investigate their first investigation and uh 50 pound ahead and uh, then all the but that's how they do i mean the whole thing was so organized you know um orientated towards social media and towards having followers and like marketing shares and rather than and this was this was months before they'd ever actually done anything at all um, you know, so it is what it is. The worlds are changing, and us old middle-aged white guys are we'll getting be left back behind. Yeah. So I, I I'm, was I'm, I'm about deciding that. I'm Go going ahead. to be black, black, and identify as a woman from now on. Well, uh, I will be non-binary. Yeah, so that will solve a lot yeah. of problems too. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah. I was thinking, you know, through the years ghost research. I mean, we have, we, you've talked about a parapsychologist is what they do. I mean, they re- mainly concentrate on psi and, you know, uh, that aspect of it and uh, remote viewing and that kind of things. And, and, and they don't really look into uh, spontaneous cases. No, they don't. No. So 
I mean, is there a really good way to do actual research on a spontaneous case? Yeah, go to the library. Well, people don't go to the library anymore. Read. They don't even know what a library is. I hate to tell you, exactly. But you know, there are a lot of there is a lot of good information to be found. But the problem is when you search for it using Google, which we would all do normally these days, is my advice would be don't just accept the first thing that you see as being factual. Look for, you know, I've always said to people. Um, read, but read stuff that you ordinarily, you know, if you're a believer, read stuff written by skeptics. If you're a skeptic, read stuff written by believers so you get the broadest. Of course you you should. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you and I would have gone down to the local library. We would have pulled some books out. We would have read them. We would have, you know, gone back, got some more books and gradually, you know, tried things out, learned how we go. And people say to me all the time, you know, what should I buy? What should I use? What should I read? And that's why, you know, I went to the SPR and said, we need some guidance notes. Um, but then, but last year it occurred to me that despite the guidance notes and, and it, they are selling, um, people don't read books. So I've been spent the last couple of months now uh, working on a new SPR project, which is to um, make these things sort of, uh, or take the information and make it social media friendly, you know, in, in, Mm -hmm. in quick guides and video guides that people can, can access and share between themselves and circulate freely. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it won't contain the information, all of the information that the books have. Um, the, the interesting thing though, no matter what information you get, people just take what they want out of it. you know, oh, the, God, the people yeah. that, that certainly don't believe, you know, believe in ghosts, they call themselves skepticals and, and, and you and I know <laughs> not really skeptical, yeah. uh, is, yeah. is they I'm just a take one side of it. I'm yeah. a medium. Um, I'm a spiritualist, but I'm very skeptical. Is one of the most bizarre phrases that. But you, you have it on the other side too. I mean, you know, you know, they 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 profess that that they talk to the dead, but you have people who say absolutely there's no such thing as ghosts, and and they call themselves skepticals, and they're not skeptical. They're just no. you know. I they, mean, they they are yeah. as ardent um, as a believer in the you know in the dogmatic approach that they take. That you know, there is no, nothing you can say or do or will shake their belief, whether they believe or whether they don't believe. Uh, both sides of that of that argument are really a wasted um, opportunity. You can't you can't educate or talk or deal with any of them. Um, the group in the middle who are open-minded and persuadable. And, you know, you can show them the evidence um, and they are prepared. Funnily enough, down the years, uh, you know, I've run many, many courses um, and done many presentations. The those who are already investigating are not uh, don't don't seem to get as much benefit from these courses as as, for example, someone who claims to be mediumistic. And it, I don't know whether it's the nature of the person or their beliefs, but those who are good friends, Stephen Scott, 
um, came along to one of the um, events that was run by myself and Kieran. And he is one of the most open-minded people I know. Isn't but he? he has isn't his, he? I, I really like Steel United. But he also, has right his, he, also, he also has his beliefs. Yes. But that doesn't mean to say that his beliefs in spiritualism are, are you know, he can embrace other points of view. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you know, without conflicting his 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 own beliefs. But you get people like uh, Richard Wiseman uh, and others, Chris French, who claim to be open minded, but in reality, you know, you, you're just beating your head against the wall if you ever try and change their their opinion because you know you'd have to nail their ears to a to a fence before they would ever admit that you know such such things as the paranormal are possible and it's frustrating trying to deal with them frankly i, I know and I, I agree with you on that 100% and it's the other thing that that always irritates me is that Every group, no matter whether it's psychic or whether it's skeptical, they always say we're science orientated. We, we, we it's probably science. one of the most overused words in 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 the in the pursuit um, of anything, really. <clears throat> almost, yeah. because what 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 when you actually drill down, what they actually mean is by science they have some technology. You know, they have an EVP recorder, yeah. they have an EMF meter. Um, that's what they call science, whereas science in reality is, as we know, is is a methodology. It's an approach towards uh, dealing with something like the paranormal. You, you you observe something and then you you hypothesize and then you test that hypothesis and then you evaluate the results and you reach a conclusion. Or and you, you put re- it up to your peers for review. <clears throat> Or you reevaluate, you know, and re- re- reevaluate your hypothesis, and uh, that's science. Mm-hmm. But science, in the paranormal sense, is is considered to be, well, you know, she's the psychic, and he does all the techie, sciencey stuff. In that, he's got a recorder and a camcorder and an EVP recorder. They, you know. But it sounds grandiose. It sounds like, you know, science beyond the grave. Yeah, exactly like that. It's meaningless. And and there's a a line in that article I read, which I think is is really apropos. And it says, using a scientific instrument doesn't make you a scientist. (laughs) No more than using a calculator makes you a mathematician. And it's, I agree with that. And it's so right on the point. It is. um, But... Problem is they're not scientists, but they they claim to be using science. Whereas I've always said uh, anybody can do science. A monkey can do science. We did science at high school. Proper science. Oh shoot, yeah. You know, science is an. Approach. I bet you you and I. I bet you you and I when we were kids got those little chem labs and and all those other little. You know, I've uh, still got I've still got. Uh, mine I got one up in the attic. Roy, I got one yeah. I bought for Ron up in the attic. Still up there. Yeah. And, you know, nowadays, three quarters of the chemicals that are in it are probably banned. Oh, sure. Um, you know, you're not allowed copper sulfate, so you can't grow blue copper sulfate crystals anymore. And oh, you can't. Well, of course. Yeah, I know. I saw a crystal growing kit in, in a oh, high school. Oh, I love that. 
Well, you know, years ago, I had, I used to grow crystals for fun. Mm -hmm. And yep. it was all usually copper sulfate, blue copper sulfate crystals, or you could change it with other chemicals yeah. to make the color. Um, and you could make crisp, you could make these, uh, if you did it in agar rather than uh, water, you could, you could make them grow into all sorts of fantastical shapes and, um, so we saw this crystal growing kit in a high street toy shop. It was about five or six pounds. And I thought that might be really cool for the boys to do because I enjoyed doing it when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I looked at it and do you know what they use now? Salt, common table salt. So all you can oh. grow is all you can, all you end up with is you got a bag of salt basically and some colored uh, food dye. So you could make different colored salt crystals. Mm. Now, where's the science in that? What's that going to teach them? I don't know. You know, my, my, Ethan, the oldest, he's 11. He's now started high school. Mm -hmm. And we had, uh, when I was at school, we had uh, physics and biology and chemistry um, as separate. Now they have science. And it's, it's really dumbed down, really dumbed down stuff. You know, they're not allowed to blow things up they're not allowed to have anything that's <laughs> dangerous you know all of those cool things that we learned about you know we yes. had a, when i when i was a, a boy scout we had a, a boy scout leader who had a uh, a jam jar kilner jar and it was full to the brim of liquid mercury oh god he would, bless us. <laughs> he, would he would pour it into um a plastic bowl Mm -hmm. And we would get old pennies, which were yes, uh, I remember that big old heavy copper pennies. Yeah, and we would float them on the mercury and learn about you know why that what and you'd push them down, they'd bob back up, and oh, this is cool. Look, this copper penny. If you throw it in water, Density, glug, yep. if you and you learn stuff now. Mm -hmm. Now, if you if you drop um, a mercury thermometer, you've got to call the hazmat team out. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've we've gone way over the years. How did you survive into adulthood? <laughs> you know that that's the sad part about it. You know, uh, uh, Leslie sells my Van Helsing spray. Uh, uh -huh. Yeah, secrets. What is this uh, special blend? And she says, "Well, I better she because she sells candles. She sells a lot of different candies, Reiki infused candles, whatever." But. Uh, she decided to get some uh, insurance on it. Well, when it came to my spray, they wanted the the company, uh, they wanted her to to make all these disclaimers on it. It was yeah. like not not a, not not for consumption. Not for, it's like all yeah. these things is like seriously. You no, know, I, I I this this world we live in. I I thought it was a joke before, uh, years ago. Um, I, somebody posted that they'd been on a, a transatlantic flight. Mm -hmm. And that on the packet of nuts that they were given um, after takeoff, <laughs> yeah, uh, it, going. <laughs> it said caution: making this product may contain nuts. Now I <laughs> thought that was that was a joke. Yeah. Until I stepped aboard an American a Delta Airlines uh, flight the yep. first time I came to um, Boston via New York, and we were given little packets of nuts, mixed nuts and pretzels. Mm-hmm. And on the back of it, in quite large letters, was caution, allergy warning, caution, this product 
may contain nuts. nuts. I was like, you're joking. You can blame you. You can play, blame the Americans for that because they're so happy in their bunch of wine. Yeah, and they it's wine like, about it's everything. It's like you go into McDonald's and there's a warning on the paper cup. Yes. But the, the coffee is yeah, hot. This warning, this product is hot. Hey, <laughs> I, I would, hope so. <laughs> I learned something I interesting the other day. <laughs> you, know, you know, I do my radio station at WCCM and, and they have several Spanish stations here as well. And the reception is Spanish and I talk to her all the time. And so I, I know a little bit of Spanish, like I know a little bit of English. And <laughs> so uh, I came to her and I said, you know, uh, caliente means uh, hot in Spanish. You know, I caliente mamacita, you know, because it always gets a smile. I don't know. But. I, I don't understand why in this McDonald's coffee cup it says I caliente. And she just kind of laughed at me. She says, no, it doesn't. She says, in Spanish, uh, they put the exclamation point uh, not only behind uh, the word, but also in the front, but also inverted. So uh, even if you had a question mark, you'd have a question mark in the front, question mark in the front, inverted. Now, I never knew that. And, uh, you know, that's that's the great thing about our lives was we're always learning something the, the yeah. entire time. Yeah. And Ryan, um, the other day posted on my response to something on social media. She put, um, cause I, I changed the header after Christmas to, um, the cover of Go- the revised edition of ghostology. Yeah. And she put something about learning, uh, learn something new. Now she was obviously joking, but because it's social media, um, I said, well, the true answer, yeah. You know, I constantly am learning stuff. We, yeah. If we um, do it right, we learn until we die. Yeah. I mean, she did, like, miss the point and say, oh, I was, you know, I was only joking. I was like, well, kind of, so was I. But, you, you know, whenever I meet, when I first came to America, whenever I go, like, when we went last time I was there with Willie, um, to the haunted house. Um, whenever I'm on an investigation, I'm learning. Mm. You know, even if it's only learning not to do something. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I've 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 never had any problems about seeing a method that works. You know, some new technique that some group have developed and thinking that's that's really worth. Yeah, no, you I, stole all my shit. Well, you stole all mine. <laughs> That's but, that's how it <laughs> but that's how it should be because exactly you know, when we rub against one another um with new techniques and new ideas you you, you kind of absorb it and go hey i'm going to give that a try you expand the universe anyways we got to expand uh, the show because we have a break so you're listening to ghost chronicles uh international yes we are live yes right here on tojan and parax radio with steve parsons and ron kolick and uh, we want to thank all our good friends at uh, Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. And we'll be right back after the following messages. Welcome to Toginet, radio with a cutting edge. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? 
then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange. Deranged. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous. As we give awards to the Parrax family. International with your host in New England, New England's own Van Helsing, and over here in slightly wintry West Wales is the Platinum Standard in Ghost Hunting because apparently I've been <laughs> upgraded. Um, actually, I'm a bit shy, and it's a COVID free zone as well. Um, I'm, I'm feeling a little shell shocked today, Ron. Why, why is that, Steve? Because um, it's my good wife's lady wife's birthday in two days time um there's no oh, point okay. wishing her happy you birthday. confused she me like i missed her it's like oh no no, no that's not the reason i'm shell-shocked so we went into oh. the boys are still off school until tomorrow we went into mm-hmm. um our nearest large town today to have a little browsing maybe you know look for a gift um and for the last two years i've been working on my uh aging imac computer which soldiering on but you know it's starting to show its age uh-huh. and um bit can, the bullet can i on stop the... you for one second what, what, what kind is it is the kind is the round base god no it's a big it's uh, one of the um big no. yeah a big no. 27 inch screen yeah. okay all right sorry go ahead um but you know does the job does most but you know it is starting to show its age and uh, i mean it's like me. what seven eight years old now um and it's just reached that point where it can't accept the latest operating system which uh-huh. apple update every year so do windows but there we go um and had to bite the bullet on a 1900 pound laptop oh god bless you i know but you know that'll see me for the next eight nine years so Yep, I just got a new PC for Christmas, so I'm, I'm excited about that. I got a new headset and also a new uh, I you ring, a ring light system. No, nope, no, nope, this is the old headset. Apologize, but no, it is the old one. I haven't set it up yet. I haven't set up my new computer or anything. I've been still dealing well, with Christmas. You need to come over to see the printer again. Yeah, to do the printer, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know... Yep. That's... Funny enough, early, earlier this evening, I was we, we were talking before about learning, and I was looking right. through some of the um, latest techniques that are 
in vogue here in the UK, especially oh, for ghost um, with go- for ghost hunters. Me- yeah. I, I think the majority of them have actually come from American television shows, if I'm honest. I'm sure they have. <laughs> uh, in fact, I'm certain they have. Um, but they are you know, re- gaining in popularity. Um, perhaps, I mean, two of them that struck me as being the most unusual uh, one it, one uh i'm sure you're familiar with the gansfeld the gansfeld yes. um procedure explain is, is, it just for our listeners yeah, I, was, I was just i was just doing it then uh, the okay, gansfeld sorry. procedure was was developed by parapsychologists and it's really um you exclude the sub the test subject from external influences so their eyes are covered often with a a half a ping pong ball or some tape and then a, a red or a, an amber lamp is shone so that because and then they, they normally wear noise cancelling headphones or white noise generating headphones and then they they sort of go into this altered state of consciousness this trance-like state and then they have weird experiences and cal yes they do cal hasn't changed at all i think he hasn't yeah. changed at all that's a new year same old same old same old um now that's used within you know within parapsychology and it's been studied by almost every parapsychologist and it's been meta-analyzed and done to death you know every parapsychology postgraduate will at some point go off and do the gansfeld um but it's now crept its way into the paranormal community and now what they do is they, they go into haunted houses and they'll they'll choose one of their team and they'll whack a pair of big headphones on them and oh, play yeah. play shushy noises to them uh, whilst whilst they've got these uh, blacked out goggles or the kind of um you know those vi- um, eye blinds they give you on on flights yeah, yeah. So, that, yeah. Uh, so they're blindfolded and excluded from sound by these headphones playing shushy sounds um and then they try and communicate with the spirit. So they're trying well, to become a psychic then, right? Uh, I'm a not medium, really sure they're trying to be, medium. yeah, I, I, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Um, the other one, we, but I mean, we won't talk about the problems with it, but. Um, lots we, of, well, you can discuss the problems with it. I mean, that's. Well, we I, I think we can discuss the problems when of both together, because both have the same problem. The second one starts okay. out first surfaced in 2016 it was done at the stanley hotel uh estes park uh in america mm-hmm. um by a group of investigators i think they were on that hellier tv series greg newkirk and a couple of others yeah. um probably better known over there than over here but what they did is they had a, a fairly standard sb7 spirit box you know these little tiny radio um, yes, with I a little do. antenna that makes that irritating bloody noise. Um, and they thought to themselves, how can we make this more valid? So they grabbed a member of their crew and they stuck a pair of noise cancelling headphones on that were playing the that were plugged into the SBS seven and they blindfolded yeah. them. And that person then had to sit there and listen to this infernal racket from the SBS seven and <laughs> shout out loud uh, any anything that they could hear 
they could recognize you know any words yeah. that they thought they heard but they couldn't see or hear any of the questions or the rest of their team you know couldn't see what anybody was doing or and they said well you know anything they say will be evidential because they don't know what questions we're asking and they can't see what we're doing um, they're just listening to this so that's the Estes method it's called now and it's become quite yes. popular over here um, but you can see there is a similarity of problem between field Gansfeld and the Estes method, which is just a derivative of the Gansfeld in effect, um, because you're sort playing. Of, except it's open yeah. to a lot more interpretation. Well, both of them are yeah, entirely they subjective. They're, right. Therein is your biggest problem because you are relying on a member of your team coming up with stuff that they think that they are hearing or seeing you know in the through their mind's eye mm -hmm. um now the human imagination knows no bounds that's why we have such marvelous works by shakespeare and shelley and why have the pyramids and yeah you know all created from the human imagination which yeah. is unbridled in its abilities now if you take somebody into a haunted house as a ghost hunter and they know that they're in a haunted house looking for ghosts it doesn't matter you know how much duct tape you cover their eyes with it doesn't matter how much cotton wool you shove in their ears they still know that they're on a ghost hunt and they're not going to say I can see a field full of daffodils and they're going to come up with demon. <laughs> Die. I'm sorry. <laughs> you just know that's what's going to happen. Yeah, sooner or later, you're right. <laughs> you know, they already know, you know, how many people are there. They know the names of all the people who are present. They know where they are. It's so open to, you know, you have so front-loaded the experiment that anything they say is but that doesn't discount the popularity the other thing that's popular is is a slightly different uh well before we move on to something new can i mention something yeah yeah i i know i remember the aaevp used uh, mm -hmm. did some work and very similar with that which which was i found interesting because they would have people in uh, it was actually a triple blind. Uh, you know, they would have somebody ask questions. Mm -hmm. uh, somebody would record them in another part of the country, mm -hmm. and then uh, the, the stuff would be analyzed uh, yeah. by someone else who, who didn't know the questions or the or the responses or the, or the results. Yeah, and to and, me that and, was and, that to me that was a good, pretty good experiment. And that's good science, and that's yeah. what should happen. Um, because, and in fact, that that harks all the way back to what was called the uh, oh, it was done by the SPR. I can't remember just off the top of my head. Um, but they had a group of um, mediums dotted around the world who were trying to uh, decipher messages supposedly sent by deceased former members of the SPR who had um, left an agreed code behind. Oh, that's kind um, of weird. 
Yeah. Um, That's it, like it was, the old Houdini thing, Houdini thing. It was incredibly complicated, but they claimed positive results. But, it, mm-hmm. you know, if you if you try and read about it or explain it, it's so it there were so many um, controls put in. Oh, there were. That, OK. Yeah. You know, there were literally so many controls put in. I mean, the people doing didn't know about the other mediums who were doing it. The people who were reading the results didn't know about it was it was incredibly um and i wish to goodness i could remember the name of it because i was reading it the other day um but modern ghost investigators don't want that they want instant results because they've got a crowd to please they've got their own beliefs to be you know if you if you're in a ghost if you're on on a ghost hunt and you're in a an old building and you hear a noise the automatic presumption nowadays isn't, oh, I'll go and have a look and see what's over there. It's, thank you, spirit, can you do it again? Um, but, you know, continuing to about these methods that have grown in popularity, I think the most popular one, because the Maglite experiment is now sort of waning over here. Oh, thank in, God. In favour of the cat toy. Oh, please, no. Yeah, there isn't a group out there now who don't come armed with cat balls. Not cat's balls, but these, what these are, as I'm sure you're aware, but one or two of the listeners may not be, are that they're sold for a couple of dollars. It's a cat's toy and it's it's a plastic ball with a couple of coloured LEDs and uh, a simple motion activated system. So when the cat knocks it, the the lights flash and the cat knocks it some more and the cat chases it around the floor. And yeah, but what they do now is they, they place these on the floor or place them down and then they ask the spirits to move the things and flash the lights and make the ball move and bang the gun. Bang the gong and what yeah, in fact, our friend uh, Cody Desbian uh, yep. marketed uh, one of these products as um, a ghost uh, detecting device, spirit detecting device. I forget what he called it exactly, so I don't want to. It was Destech was the industry, wasn't it? It was Destech yeah, Industries, Destech, um, which is okay. I mean, there's no problem with that. And you know, Kenny Biddle, well known. Um, oh, take her, take her apart of stuff. Took one apart and realised mm-hmm. it actually was just an off-the-shelf cat ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cody, you know, fair play to him. He said, "Well, I was under the impression that they'd done some modifications to my specification. They hadn't, but it Bad continues to sell. Continues yeah. to sell. Well, it's because people, like you said, people want." Instant edification. You know, yeah. we all goes back to, you know, we talk about EMF meters. Now, everybody has an EMF meter when they have a ghost. Surprisingly, hunt. well. Is it way in over there? Funny, funny thing. Oh, they waned a long time ago. Oh, funny thing go. was, every group had to have a natural EM tri-field or an EMF meter or a K2 yeah. or a self-sensor. Um, and they started off using them as ghost detection devices. Then when they realized that these things couldn't find the way out of a, a damp paper bag, they started to use them as ghost communication devices, you know, flash yeah. the lights, ring the bell. Um, but then they realized that that wasn't good enough. Uh, what they wanted was EVP devices, which became right. EVP portals. 
Oh, please, no portals, please. You know, and now and now when you buy one of these seven hundred dollar EVP portals, what you end up with is a cheap uh, Chinese made radio mm-hmm. uh, attached to two gif- two guitar effects pedals, um, an Echo One and uh, some other effects pedal, and the whole lot bedecked in Christmas fairy lights and a few quartz crystals. Mm. And normally made in some sort of retro steampunk coffin-shaped or yeah, no design. plasma plasma disc in here. Sometimes they have a plasma disc, but they're the eight hundred dollar models. Oh, the eight hundred dollar models. And there isn't there isn't ten dollars worth of stuff in them. Nope. You know, they're just off-the-shelf guitar effects pedals and a broken radio. Gotta love it. Yeah, but you see, that's the that's the problem because. It, okay. <sighs> All right, go ahead. I'll let you finish. Did I have to say something? If you're going on a public access event and people want to have the bejesus scared out of them, then that's not Mm -hmm. a problem. They can use these devices. They can claim what they like. They can see the ghost making it do that. And everybody goes, oh, my God, the bejesus has been scared out of me. And they all go home happy. Job done. But when they sell it as a real investigation tool, that's (sighs) the problem. And, And the problem to me, too, is that a lot of these people who have these devices scientific instruments excuse me uh are the ones that also will make fun of mediums yes or have a or have a resident medium or those are the more enlightened ones (laughs) well actually actually even that's changing because uh you know back in the day a team may have a resident psychic they never had a resident skeptic. They always had a resident psychic, like, hey, we've got a psychic living in the attic. Um, <laughs> you know, how do we get rid of them? Um, but there were also teams that were It's really a medium, not a psychic, right? Well, they always said resident psychic. I know. Or, it's, it's become popular, but the, the proper term would be medium, right? It would be. It would yeah. be. Um, and you would have then the other, you know, almost every female in the group would be a developing sensitive. Yeah. <laughs> and now you've got groups where you know even the tech guy is sensitive they're all sensitive you know it's it's truly truly you know mixed up world out there you can't tell one from the other anymore Mm. it's kind of like you know uh psychic fluid (laughs) Yeah, yeah you know you know, I when I first started this, and I've said this so many times, I, I never believed in mediums. Thought they were all charlatans, like the gypsies at the beach. No offense to any gypsies at the beach, but uh, you know, the more I've worked on them, and you know, I've been working with mediums for a long time. And when you can get information that you shouldn't be getting, I find that intriguing. And now I'm not saying they're talking to the dead. I'm not saying what. I'm just intrigued where this information is coming from. That's what really intrigues me where where the, can you get this information and you know you get you're going to say well they, they know where they're going to study well i've seen many many cases when this is not not true especially within uh my investigations so it's it's where this information comes from that intrigues me are they speaking to people in the dead i have no clue uh you know we don't even know if you know there are people that dead can speak <laughs> So, but do you like you don't just poo-poo that mediums, do you? Um, no, 
and it would be it would be foolish in the extreme to um i don't test mediums either i have no interest in doing that because that's yeah. not my that's not my role right um, exactly however they do cross my radar and yes, the information that they supply has and to there be... are many mediums by the way yeah but they probably they... more than ghost hunters <laughs> there are and the air more <laughs> as well they um you know if somebody gives you a piece of information then you are wise to take heed of it and to test it you know you i would test the claim of a medium in the same way that i would test the claim of you or i if they claim to there must be you know can we can we validate that claim you know mm-hmm. if if they're saying there's somebody in the room can we do something can we use something to to test that information if they're and you know what as you already know the answer um i don't ridicule or poo-poo mediums in 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 terms of an investigation because we've used them um in in a controlled way where the medium has supplied information where i can be as sure as is possible um so in in uh, you know some cases extremely certain that they could not have got the information from by a conventional means i.e you know smartphone or prior knowledge right. or or even a good guess mm-hmm. now those times are rare they don't happen very often but when they do happen they happen and you would be you know it would be foolish of me to say oh well that was just a lucky guess or that was you know because clearly those roots don't exist those explanations don't exist now a skeptic would turn around and say ah oh, but you know they were just hoaxing or they were making it up or somebody fed them the information or or but no um you know like with some of the most perplexing physical phenomena that have happened or audible phenomena that have taken place um the ones that you cannot explain after digging very deeply you know trying to explain it are the ones that are most interesting and that happens with psychics like the number of times when an audible phenomena or a physical phenomena takes place are rare the number of times that a psychic provides information that you can demonstrate no prior knowledge or very unlikely prior knowledge extremely unlikely prior knowledge is is equally rare and so equally interesting so i yeah. would never but it's it, it's blind acceptance is problem you know when the medium points in the corner of the room and goes oh the spirit's over there and yeah i guess oh wow yeah oh let's take pictures well all <laughs> one famous television parapsychologist used to do uh, knowing full well how emf affects the brain of the percipient mm-hmm. Um, when the medium pointed to the corner over there, the parapsychologist grabbed the EMF meter and ran over there into the corner and went, well, the EMF's the same over here as it is over there. Mm-hmm. Missing the point of why we're even studying EMF. Mm-hmm. I mean, we EMF, well, you say it's in, in there, but I mean, it was always a, a, a good standard, but 
did we really ever have a correlation between EMF and the existence of the afterlife? None whatsoever. Uh, there was zero correlation, but there was a suggestion from the research done in Canada by Persinger uh, at the Laurentian University. Um, people can look him up, Professor Michael yep. Persinger, Laurentian University. Um, he he put forward a good argument that exposure to some types of EMF may may in may cause people to have paranormal-like experiences that were similar to those that people reported um, as being paranormal. And that, and, that, and you know, that, for, that for that exactly your issue. study with infrasound, it's very similar. You could say that with with what you yeah, do too. There right? is there is no direct correlation between infrasound and uh, causing paranormal phenomena, mm-hmm. but it, it does. Uh, there is a there is a strong correlation about the amount of infrasound exposure creating experiences that are exactly the same as the experiences that are reported as being paranormal. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking particularly about sensing of presence or feeling anxious or right. heart palpitations or unusual physical sensations now people report them in haunted buildings and you can replicate those experiences with infrasound but that doesn't mean to say that there is a link between infrasound and the paranormal itself and and we get that same experiences with with uh, sleep paralysis that's right Uh, and so and one of the things, you know, with my own infrasound research, I was always very careful to say is that this does not explain the paranormal. It expla- it may explain why some people exactly. have paranormal sensations and report paranormal experiences in some situations. So this is where, where your own personal... Uh, I, I want to say beliefs, but there's another word for it, but your own personal mindset, whether, you know, if you're you're a non-believer whatsoever, you, you use this information to destroy any possibility of the paranormal. And if you're a believer, you ignore this information. And, and uh, Yeah, yeah, you yeah can so. manip- it's like with statistics, you can take a piece of information and you can twist it around to suit your own argument. Right. Um, for me. It's all about trying to find an explanation, try an understanding of try an understanding. I like that word. Yeah. Of you know, well, you said that you saw something or heard something or smelled something or uh, sensed something. Is there any way I can um, experience that? Or experience it? it or understand what caused it? Now it's oh, better cause, yeah. If I can, if I can find a lot of infrasound in the exact spot you were standing, you know, that spot being higher than, then there is a very high probability that the infrasound is the, is, is a likely culprit. It doesn't prove it is, but it just, you know, it makes it more likely than a ghost doing it in my, you know, when a witness says they had an experience, my job is not to debunk them, not to disprove them but to listen to them and then test that claim and to see, can I do anything to validate and to test the claim, you know, uh, whatever that claim may be. 
you know, did the temperature change? Well, you know, if they say the room went colder, then ordinarily we should be able to measure that. Well, we got to wrap it up with towards the end of the show, but I, hell, I, that was do, great. I know. And, and I do want to see the cuckoo clocks going. So there you go. Um, I do want to, I do want to, you know, make, make you proud of me because I'm always uh, we, proud of you. we did an investigation uh, past week and uh, we actually did it with all the lights on, Steve. That's at night. Be, well, that's, at well, night. Can you imagine that? That's got to be a first. <laughs> <laughs> I've always said about lights, they should be in the condition that they were in when the person had the experience. Bingo. <laughs> So if the person was a security guard walking around an empty building with a flashlight and saw a figure, then don't put all the lights on because you're changing the circumstances. Exactly. Good man. But if if they're sitting watching television there, you know, and uh, see an apparition, then, you know, with the lights on and we got to go, Steve. So, yeah, we do have to wrap it up. I am sorry. Replicate but, yeah. the conditions. I want to talk about I have some other stuff some other time, too, because uh, well, we've got lots of shows. I know, I know. There's, there's lots of things that need answering, uh, at least in our opinion. I wish we had some of the answers. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, uh, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles International, the first of two hours of Ghost Chronicles Radio right here on Tojanet Parax Radio. I am Ryan Kolick. He is Steve Parsons, and we want to thank you all for listening, and have a happy new year, and good night, and God bless. Happy new year, good night, and stay tuned for the next episode of Ghost Chronicles, the next generation. Oh, shameless plug, I love it. <laughs> From goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump, in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.